You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 50, baby! (laughs) (laughs) We've done 50 podcasts. It's a miracle that we all survived this... I don't know. No, it's not a miracle. It's great. What do you think, Dano? Is it great? It it's something. We're it's we're going towards great, we're but going it, towards it's great. something. Yeah, no, it's something. It, it's been a ride. It's been good, man. It has been a ride. It's been bumpy, and it's been long in between some of the sessions. But you know, <laughs> it's uh, here we are, and uh, looking forward to this one in particular with the guests we have on. But uh, as always, in the room with us, we have Sean Lother. Hello, D-Dubs. I'll <laughs> reach in a handful of mic there. We have uh, Diego Bender. What's going on? I almost belched, sorry. And Dan O'Drummond, how hey, you buddy. doing? I'm doing good. Doing Special well. guests. Special guests today. And it's, I have to say, it's our 50th podcast, but it's also uh, Strive Camp Week. So strive for excellence. Yes, you kids out there, strive for excellence. It's our camp. Here we go. Star number one, Mr. Brennan. Breno, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Oh, there we go. Thanks for inviting me on this podcast. (laughs) And we have Adam. Adam. Uh, Okay, Adam Loga. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Ah, yes. Thanks for having me. Look, I'm going to ask you guys right off the bat who who you're working for. I know a little bit about you. I know you're both university coaches as well as running some other program stuff. So, uh, Mr. B, if you want to take it away. Um, Well... At the moment, I have a, a soccer club that's based in Calgary called New Frontier Soccer Club. Um, it's just started this year. It's our first year, and uh, we, we're doing okay. Nice. Um, I'm also the university coach, University of Calgary, um, and I'm usually the head coach from August to November, and we're back on the field, and we're at it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Nothing better than the collegiate side of the game, too. So, University of Calgary men's team taken care of, but across the table from you, we have... Uh, the enemy. The enemy. Yeah, and two the assistant enemy. coaches on either side, and, too. And, and, and you know what? But, but, yeah, it I'm, looks like the touchline. We, we've got the enemy on the other side there, and, and I'll, I'll let Brennan actually have more of a word later on because there's way, way more to this gentleman than, than meets the eye. So we'll have a discussion about him a little bit later as well. But go on, Adam. Let us know uh, a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do, who you do it with, you know. So, well, maybe not oh, that far. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. No sound effects this for that, D-Dubs? No? <laughs> yeah. After dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be a little editing going on there. Um, McEwen head coach here in the city uh, with U Sports in the Canada West. So, again, uh, kick off against uh, Breno and his boys here shortly in August and September and all the way through. So, yeah, that's uh, what I'm doing. Fantastic. That's a good thing, though. And you've been here at the camp and, and, and oh, enjoying yeah, the camp yeah. and stuff enjoying like that. the camp and such, yeah. Yeah, well, let, well let's open it up right away to the to the strive and, and how it's going. Uh, I'll, I'll, let, uh, I'll let the technical director of the club take that end of it. And, um, yeah, thoughts on what you think is going on and how it's going. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. I mean, uh, we've been lucky. We start with a little bit of smoke on Monday or... A lot of smoke just prior to the camp, and we managed to get through that unscathed. Um, and then we've had some decent weather up until today, and we got uh, rained upon today with some thunder showers. We called the camp a bit early. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's gone well so far. It's a bit of a smaller camp mm-hmm. due to the amount of players, uh, amount of work players are doing with their teams, etc., training and games. 
So uh, in that regard, it's not as big as normal. Normally, it's over 200. This week, we've got uh, approximately 60, 65 kids. Uh, brought in these two wonderful coaches to help us out. And uh, it's going quite well. We've got some characters in the camp, uh, for sure. <laughs> um, having a good laugh with uh, some, of the, some of the players. And uh, our counsellors have been outstanding. In particular, a cu- couple of the U17 girls who have really stepped up and created an environment that the players are all enjoying uh, and keeping us entertained as well with their enthusiasm. So it's, uh, it's been a good week. Uh, we've got one more day tomorrow. Look forward to finishing off with with a bang. Yeah. And by the way, there's a lot of buzz going around with these skits. There's uh, the counselors are planning them out with the players. So there's uh, that's they, a new element, a yeah, new wrinkle to this big expectations. Uh, that that was Sean's idea for the Friday. So there's some singing, some skits. We'll see how it goes tomorrow. But I'm banking on Tara's group to maybe win it. <laughs> yeah, she, she's she's a front runner right now. Uh, got the kids buzzing, but you know, it's been absolutely amazing to be here. Uh, good to be surrounded by you know such uh, class gentlemen as as the two in the room right now. And Appreciate that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just uh, you know one more day to go, but it's been amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, if I can just add on with uh, Adam and Breno, I mean I've worked with both these guys previously, and uh, excellent coaches. Uh, they respond well with players, and um, it's a pleasure to have them here. I mean, normally we bring guys from overseas as well, but with COVID, we couldn't do that. So it was great that we get these two gentlemen to, to step up and help us out. That's awesome. And, and that's all you can ask for. What about your guys' thoughts on the camp and how it's going so far for yourselves? Uh, Breno, if you want to sort of you know chime in and, and what you think. I, I got to, I got the privilege of working with you yesterday for, for a little bit. And uh, well, uh, well, I fairly personally, impressed. I've absolutely loved it. Um, seeing the young boys and girls energy and um, seeing the smiles on their faces and little characters like um, Sean just said, some of the girls singing songs and a few of them getting up and talking to, you know, their peers talking about university and talking about leadership, all those little things. And I, I think it's been absolutely wonderful. So I've thoroughly enjoyed it. That's awesome. I mean, there's nothing better, especially when you get the opportunity to rotate around and you see all the different qualities of level and age groups and uh from the girls and the boys but yeah there's some there's some pistols in there that are just well when you when you when you think about coming out of covid and most of them have been you know in their basements they haven't been able to see their friends they're they're back and forth with to school um haven't been able to see family and so coming out of that and 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 showing the character that i have is is rewarding certainly for me yeah yeah what about you, Adam? You hand out some candy or, you know? <laughs> Left that no, to Andy. That's for Andy. Yeah, yeah. That's for Andy to yeah, do. Andy's exactly. handing all, all the candy out. No, it's, uh, it's been awesome. It, you know, it's unique in a sense because, you know, you deal with uh, 18 to 22-ish year old men every day um, to come out and, you know, deal with, not deal with, but be with and coach with and learn with uh, young girls and boys. It's uh, It's just different, right? I had a U8 group today, and that's something that I've uh, – haven't done or if I've done in a very long time so again it's it's stretching my comfort zone as well as a coach much like we're trying to stretch theirs as players and that's been class it's been fun well I mean and that's that leads us into uh it leads us into sort of our next point or discussion uh, that we can we can open up and that's just thoughts on camps in general and you know there's a multitude of different camps that people can do you know multi-sport camps they can you know there's just a whole bunch of different splits that kids and a lot of choices that they have um maybe not the past 18 months but it's <laughs> definitely from now on 
I'm hoping they'll be good. But what are your thoughts, like you said, out of your comfort zone? So, you know, for, for that, for example, based on our camp, how many kids do you think you're were able to stretch and how far can you stretch them as far as both time on field and, you know, how much can you push just soccer and 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 all that sort of stuff? I mean, what's everybody's thoughts? I mean, the kids are so pliable that they should be able to deal with it. Yeah, I think I... Uh, day one, day one, when you're you're a kid at at, uh, at a young age trying to you know climb up the stairs of Millennium and you don't know what to expect. Um, we had one little boy that uh, he couldn't do it. He you know had to had to take came in, saw the environment, and and was like, no, not not today, and and ended up coming back, and he's been back in for the the last few days. And but it's uh, it's challenging, it's new environment, new kids. You don't know what to expect. You know what the level is. Uh, you're not sure really how you're going to interact with the coaches. It's all day. So for the on the player side, you can see that. Uh, you know the environment has to be light and friendly and and, and welcoming and and um, you know players can uh, can see that you know what we had like the environment that Sean is talking about with our counselors is I think made it very very easy for the for the players. Yeah, definitely. Any any thoughts towards that, Dan? No, D kind of echoed my thoughts there. I think it's it's very encouraging to see the players' experiences and their you know coming out of their shell from day one to now i mean even with the camp counselors and the kids they came in they were quiet they were timid and now it's almost like each group's a small little family in a way right they spent six hours seven hours a day with each other so um yeah they're, they're enjoying it but i think as well with some of our groups having double a groups you can look up and you can have mentors as players within the groups and trying different things and having the opportunities to rotate and work with different coaches and have the counselors i think it's been just great experiences and i think that, i think that's the best thing from a camp right is just blending of experiences and, uh, and allowing kids to enjoy it yeah and I'm, and I'm sure there's been camps and things that you've run in Calgary as well as in England at times. What are your thoughts on camps in general? Well, certainly in England, they're not as popular, but um, over here um, they are. And uh, the thing I noticed the most is, and you've all touched on it, is the councillors were, were key mm-hmm. in that. Um, they were the bridge between the coaches and, and the, young, the bo- young boys and girls. I think from a coaching point of view, it, it, it was kind of difficult because uh, you want them to learn something, but it was, for me, was adapting to different levels, different levels and ability. And, you know, there was a couple of age groups between them. Um, so that was a little bit of a challenge, but they all stepped up and they were confident and they didn't moan. They got on with it. And uh, so far it's, it's been very successful and they're all having a good time. Yeah. You know, and I, and I can echo that same sentiment from, from all the different groups I've been in. I don't think I've heard, one real negative thought you know how you always and i hate to say it in in parents it, it's not your child honestly um there's always one child who's all constantly when is when do we get water when does it break is it lunch yet that and was andy know, actually the whole time snack time yeah and you know you get you get the odd player or coach doing the airplane and just moving around the field but uh no i i i think there's been zero of that and even with the combination of some of the groups age-wise, it's it's almost like they're like it's an older brother younger brother thing or an older sister younger sister thing. It's not there's, there's no real I, I know what the word is that there's no negativity at all. No, uh, the based kid, on what's the been kids going have on. adapted really well, and the girls have been eager to play against the boys. And if there's a couple years difference, you know everybody's joined in. And again, I think the counselors have done a very good job of creating one big group too. So no, it's been a positive for sure. Yeah, go ahead. You you about to say something, D? 
Yeah, I just I, I think that um, I think that we we can look at something like this and say you know all the all the age groups and you know all the two thousand sevens they all got to play together. We can't move them up. We can't move them down. We can't we can't do this because it's against that. I mean, throw it out the window. Look at look at what was today. We had recreational players. We've got club players. We've got kids in different age groups. And I know for the that O six boys group that in the the girls that came over there the last couple of days. You know they've adjusted, and it's 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 been amazing. It's been really really good to see as well. I I, I think there might have been a bit of a struggle with the goalkeeping in one of, one of the games, but I won't say anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few drop in the boat. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of things from me on that. I mean, one of my best memories growing up in in the UK as a kid was obviously play, playing the sport at at the school level and county level. And then even at the pro proker level as a, as a schoolboy player, but a lot of memories were just going down to the local park, and you're a seven year old playing against a sixteen year old, and all the ages in between, and everyone just adapts. You know, you know when you're seven, the ball's coming. You got a sixteen year old closing you down. You get rid of that ball quickly, and if you don't, the next time you get it, you will. You know, so I think. Players and children adapt. Or when quite Peyton well. Ross is coming at you, oh, yeah. well, that's yeah. a whole different ball of wax. Even the staff get out of the way. Uh, so I, I think you know players adapt to that, and we as coaches have to realize that they 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 know more than what we think they know. Yeah. Right. So it's fantastic. I mean, we have had a couple of issues at the camp so far. Yeah. One of our counselors would, you know, who's there to be a counselor would just knock a ball as hard as he could and uh, hit, a, hit a kid in the face and that type of thing. And we've had to calm that down. And I expected our coaches to understand that, but we have one coach who has done the exact same thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I'm, so I'm saying to this counsellor, you know, I, like... Saw this coming from a mile away. I, I, uh, as a coach, you have to take it easy. And, but our coaches do it as well. And what coach was that? I think it was Peyton again. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dana, we love you. Sometimes. <laughs> that was a great building. That was awesome. It was, uh, although you know, I, no, I, I won't. I won't get into tennis. That's another whole ball <laughs> of wax for Dano. Um, what do you think players should get out of camps? What, what do you think? Is it? Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Some of the camps that are out there. We set up a camp because we want to train kids and, and, and try and get them to enjoy the sport, get better at their sport, hone some skills, and have some fun in an environment that we enjoy because it's our livelihood, but hopefully that they enjoy because they love playing the sport as well. We also know that some of them are just drop-off points for parents to get a bit of a break maybe, you know, be able to go out and do some um, some stuff that they need done on their own. Uh, and not have the child or children there, which is totally fine as well. But the the kids, they, they come to these things. What should they be getting out of it? Is there, is there really something they need to take away from this? You hope that they're gaining something from, you know, for, for us at least from the soccer you know, aspect of it. But, I mean, a lot of it's just growth and who you are as a child. And I think, I think for me it's a bit of both. Um, yes, parents do need a break. Um, but... It's a social thing for me. They that we've been they've been locked up for a long time, um, not being able to see their friends. So everything evolves about having a good time and being social with the friends and making new friends. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, I don't know what more can you get out of that. What are your thoughts on that, Adam? Well, it, it's kind of, it's difficult in a sense because each, you know, depending on the camp, each camp brings kind of a different philosophy and a different feel. Um, I agree with Breno in this case with COVID and, and being shut down here for better half of 18 months or so. Um, you know, it is important that they're out there being social again and getting that kind of like social ability back instead mm-hmm. of being behind Zoom calls and, and like Dana was saying, footy in the basement and stuff. It's it's nice being back out there with with their friends and meeting new people and getting those social skills up rather than just screen time all the time. Yeah. So in this case, I think, yeah, that's probably the main main objective, I think, um, with what we we're trying to push here. Yeah. I mean, you know, can't speak for all of us, but I think that's a massive one. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to be different, you know, pending, you know, pending what the genre of the camp is and what we are doing moving forward. Um, but in this case, I think that uh, Dano hit, or not Dano, sorry, Breno hit it exactly on the head. It's yeah. just the social aspect. Yeah, and I, I, I would have to agree with that as well. Downey, any thoughts yourself on... Uh I think it can lend itself to, for some kids gaining some confidence in a camp, but I think more than anything, it's creating memories and uh, building from there with your teammates and whoever's in your group. So I think it's been a positive positive week so far. Do you think the girl that walked down the stairs <laughs> before lunch is going to walk away with a positive thought? You, you, I'm kidding. You, I'm you, you, cut, you cut out there. <laughs> It's 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 funny because you thought I thought wow D Dubs is really putting me on the mic. He really wants to hear my opinion. No, he's building me into a corner. So okay, so it's two two. I'm playing against Andy's team. If we're gonna get into it, we're gonna get into it. Ball's coming to me, and I hear Breno say, "Hey, yeah, a little flick." And I thought, okay, a little flick over the top, no problem. So it was a little flick. It wasn't it wasn't a shot from thirty yards out. Oh, you know, people are thinking, oh, I think Dano really tried to hurt the girl. A little <laughs> flick over top, and I thought he's in. This girl closed down really quick. Ball in the face, and I thought, oh no. Oh no! Started to see blood. I'm like, "Hey, we gotta call it. We got, we gotta wait." So a few high chews. She's okay, and you know, it toughens them up, toughens the kids up. Oh, so. we're just giving you a hard time, but that was that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty darn funny that the tech director's got to go have a word with you. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we're gonna take our first break here. When we come back, we'll. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll start delving into the uh, backgrounds of Mr. Breno and Mr. Adam. Uh, when we come back, the 50th edition of Soccer Talk on the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube. Taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. And we're back. Yes, you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 50. Say it with me. 50. 50. 50. Yes, 50th episode here for us. Special guests in the studio. Uh, I'm loving it. It's Strive Week. Strive Week. I'll say it again. Strive Week. <laughs> it's just a fantastic thing to be What are you striving for of. this week, D-Dubs? What's I'm striving not to injure myself. <laughs> Yeah, there's a. I did. I actually did goalkeeping today for all of them, for every single one of them. For a bit of a change in this for, outdoor for season. For a bit of a change hey? from six years old up to, uh, I guess we got sixteen, almost sixteen year olds. Yeah. There. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we'll the and we're back. <laughs> we'll have the mic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just had to kill the volume, otherwise you'd have heard that uh, very loudly. Uh, so the gentleman from Calgary, please raise your hand. 
No, it's 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 it's, it's radio. It's no no one's really seen that. You but disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's hear a bit about your your background. I don't I, think he's going to do it now. Put the ball over the top there, didn't you? <laughs> I haven't. I was just having some fun. Yeah. Um, background, massive background in football, and very. Um, well, just to, uh, let me uh, let's reiterate some of your talk that we had because we have talks at the camps at lunch hours, and uh, a lot of the guests will come in and, and just give a little bit of a background on themselves, th- their thoughts in uh, in football and and what direction you know ki- these kids can take and things like that. Just share with us some of the storylines that you you gave us because you've got a premiership background. Well, well, in a in a past life, uh, I I was a professional footballer. I started at various clubs, Portsmouth. Um, then went to Exeter, Burnley, Barnsley, Charlton and Wigan. And somewhere in there I had a, a loan spell, so some people tell me, at Huddersfield. Um, so lots of games from 16 really to 31 um, and lots of managers, lots of wonderful managers, Alan Ball at Portsmouth and all the way through Mel Machen at Barnsley and, and uh, Alan Kerbishley at Charlton. And then as I went on then in, into being a coach from 31 to about 38, I think I had, I worked with, I had a very tough chairman in Dave Whelan at Wigan, wanted success. And I think I went through about eight, eight coaches. And they, they, wow. they varied from Steve Bruce, Paul Jewell, um, Bruce Rioch, uh, Ray Mathias, John Benson, John Dean. So... Lots of characters and lots of experience. And I think I learned a lot as a player um, with the coaches that I had. They were very good. And um, I learned some good and I learned some bad from the coaches I worked with as a coach. So, so yeah, long time in the game. That's that's an awesome thing to have, that, that whole long time in the game thing. But it's, I mean, you're bouncing off some of these names and the clubs you've been at and all of us you know, uh, I've heard about them from watching, you know, television with the exception of Sean, who's, who's been there and, and done it there. Um, that's an exciting thing. Mm. An exciting venture. And, and, and then, um, I was, I was on holiday in Barbados and I, I, I met a Canadian and here I am in Calgary. Hey, and I might add, I got my citizenship certificate through last week. So now I'm one of you guys. He's one of the boys Jeez. now. Eh? Hey. 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 <laughs> For sure. <Yeah. laughs> different class. He's different class. <laughs> That's awesome though. I, I mean, and I, I, I think of some of the other people that I've met that have, that have played at top flight. And um, one in particular that I know is a, is a good friend of yours is, mm. is Mike Salmon, who, I met through the Vancouver Whitecaps, um, but you you played with him. Was it Charlton that you a, met him through? A, or? A Charlton. Well, what was unbelievable was when I, before I came, I actually didn't know Mick was here, and I was at Charlton with him, um, mm-hmm. with Alan Kerbishley uh, as the head coach. But I didn't, I reached out to a guy called Kevin Francis, who was who was working here with a, with a club in, in, in the city, um, just to get, you know, a feel for the, the soccer community. I hate using that word soccer, but I'm, I'm using it because yeah. anyone that's English is, it's a hard word to use. It's football for, yeah. for me, but you're Canadian now, but I'll, <laughs> so, I'll, so I'll use so- soccer, um, soccer. but, but Kev was the first one I reached out to. And then once I landed, um, I reached out to Mickey Salmon and Mickey Salmon, funny enough, was my roommate at, at Charlton. So wow. we're, we're, we're very close. Um, not that close, but we are close. <laughs> um, 
And, you know, he lives in Vancouver. And I, I go out to see him two or three times a year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I like Mike a lot. He's, he's a good guy. And uh, he's, he's with BC Soccer now. He working, is. Working with them. Well, he's an, ex, he's an experienced individual. He's played many, many games. And, and um, he's not only a good guy. He has a lot to offer to the game. Oh, still. definitely. Yeah. I, I, I've been around some of his sessions when he's run them. And I, I enjoy them. Being a keeper coach that he is. Uh, and being a keeper coach myself. Yeah, I always pick something up when... Mm. When Mick's running something, um, I, it was amazed to find out when he, when he told us he was actually the, the keeper coach for Arsenal for yep. for a little bit of time there. Yeah, he he worked with Arsene Wenger, but for a period, and um, but but I think you know we were talking this week about in, environments and how can you not learn off people like that? Oh, and, for sure. And, you know, Liam Brady was there at the time. Lots of you know, Thierry Henry. There's a lot you know, being around those players and coaching staff. How, how can you not learn and you know, and and here we are. We're in Canada, and hopefully, he can pass that on to someone else, whether that's coaches or a young goalkeeper. Young yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And then, obviously, you come into you're here, and you've 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 gone through that awesome phase. What possessed you to get involved with the universities and and get into collegiate soccer? Um, <laughs> what? Why I got involved, I got asked if I would take the job, and I, and I did. And I've always said, oh, you know, this is wearing me out. But I'm, here I am going into my sixth year, and I actually love it. It's 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 the nearest thing I could probably get to um, where, I, where I was probably as a coach in the UK. Oh, you know, okay. we get to travel, um, even though, and, and we get to play meaningful games. Not that the youth system doesn't have meaningful games, but um, they're a lot older. And I suppose if you put sessions on, they get it pretty quickly. Yeah. So they certainly do at the UFC because um, they're bright kids. But, it, you know, the travelling, um, the camaraderie um, in the dressing room. And, and, I, and I get something out of it. And, and I hope they get something out of it. We had a, we had a very successful year before um, COVID hit. We got to nationals for the first time in 40 years. And um, it, 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 that's really hard to do at the UFC because it's a part-time role. It's from August to November. I only get my hands on them um, just before August. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a tight window. But in saying that, I love it. And I've yeah. got good people with me. Kev Francis is with me. Taylor Evenden's with me. And they've both suffered with me for, you know, <laughs> into the sixth season. But we do it because uh, the players get a lot out of it and we do. Well, you say suffering. If they've been with you six years, I'm sure they're not suffering that much. <laughs> so <laughs> they, we all say it's the ball and chain, but we we still keep going back. Well, that's awesome. That's mm. I, I love hearing stories like that, and you know, uh, I I just think there's a lot of people in this country that I mean it, that are in the game as well that we just don't know, and and you just don't know their background. Mm. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, I nice. almost feel like I'm at a, a meet, some kind of meeting. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to butter him up after you did the whole put your hand up thing. Right? So. No, not at all. I, I got, how many times do I wind you up in an episode? A lot. Well, yeah, exactly. I can't believe I've done it for 50 times. <laughs> so across the table from Breno is, uh, is Adam. Adam, how, uh, how are things going? Or not even how are things going? How... Have things got to the point where they are now with you? Like you, you actually played pro a little bit too yourself, did you yeah, not? Yeah, I was involved in I think four professional organization or four professional organizations. Yeah. Uh, I think over five seasons. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I left here in 2014. I was born and raised here and then went down to South America where I spent uh, two seasons there and then uh, went to El Salvador and Central America there and was just kind of buying my time waiting for my Italian passport. Um, wow. But what happened was when my mom got her Canadian citizenship, she gave up her Italian and she did not know that. So from there, I knew the best shot I had was in the U.S. So spent about seven years there. I uh, ended up getting a full ride and scholarship uh, to Northwest University mm-hmm. um, where we won conference. And uh, my freshman year, we were nationally ranked t- up to number nine, which was awesome. Um Obtained a degree, which is probably the most important thing uh, in education, um, endorsed in uh, exercise science. And then um, I had a girlfriend at the time who was uh, studying medicine in Calgary. Um, so it came down to, I had a, an offer to uh, the league in Northern Ireland there with Dungan and Swifts. And then... Uh, there was hey, also hang on, say that again. Dunganin or Dunganin or no? I'm just I've, <laughs> oh, I've been around there. I'm just trying to think. Right away, no. Dunganin. There it is. Dunganin. <laughs> <laughs> Those <Isn't> Italians. <laughs> yeah. So you could switch over. I'm still just Canadian accent here. Actually, that's that sounds Geordie. Ganon. Ganon. That's that's a word in Geordie land. Ganon. I'm Ganon somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're you're playing in Ireland. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't go. I had a. Then I got an offer to be the soccer director at Edge School for Athletes in Calgary. Oh, okay. And with the misses at the time there in medicine, it seemed like the right fit. So shot over there. I uh, did that uh, full time for two years. That's when I got in uh, back to Canada for the mm-hmm. first time since 2004. That was 2014. And then met Sean, and Sean brought me on with Alberta Soccer and ASA, along with Edge. And then Ryan Jackie brought me on as an assistant at uh, Mount Royal. Then with my Ed degree background and such, I was like, well, let's give this uh, coaching thing a go. And similar to what Breno was saying, once you get a taste of uh, the university-level Canada West youth sports, you you want more. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the McEwen job came up, I got a phone call, and uh, here I am. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's good stuff. I, I mean, it's you can't you can't knock it. That's for sure. I mean, you, you, if you find a pathway into uh, you know a head coaching role within a university to any any high level job, it's it's one of those types of jobs though where you you know all of us in the soccer world search those out because the you know the 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 possibility of longevity at that type of a role is greater i think at the university levels than than any other pro levels is the pro levels you you could be gone in six months even in north america where they don't quite understand things you could still be gone Uh, yeah and well yeah and uh like it, it is it is the standard has gone up i know when i was uh our lads age at the university, you know, youth sports in Canada West was almost viewed a bit as a graveyard for their career uh, with the movement with CPL and such and the draft and the standard has really increased. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's not the case whatsoever anymore. And uh, with that, that's a responsibility as a, as a, with, for us as coaches uh, to also increase our standard. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're kicking off against Breno or, you know, Ryan Jackie and these talented coaches in the, in the Canada West, um, me as a younger coach at the time and still am, um, I just made sure that I, I you know, you keep striving um, if you want to stick to that theme. Um, so again, obtaining master's degrees, obtaining badges and licenses, um, because we need to, 
again, like Brenda was saying, we need to give, give back to the kids and hope we can get, you know, they give to us and we need to make sure we keep giving back to them. Right. So, and that's the beauty of it is that you're given, I mean, they're older obviously than a camp level that we're at now, but, uh, Man, it's amazing the stories you hear from players, former players, about that session you did here or that that talk we did in the second my second year really had an impact. You don't think of it at the time, but I gotta say we do not enjoy going to Grant McEwen and getting lumps kicked out of us. <laughs> and, and I always say if if uh, if they can't play, they'll stop. They'll stop those that can. So there's always it's always a, it's always a <laughs> bit of the same about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, exactly, but. They're always tough games. I've got to say, there's 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 always a story to come out of out of our games. Well, that's exciting. I mean, and that's what makes the that's what makes this the the Canada West such a good level of playing. Um, I was lucky enough to coach five years at UBC, and even back in that day, but you know, uh, a little older, but it, it was fantastic. Well. The, the, we, we, I, I admire the students because when you look at their workload, I think we both do, um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get a degree, plus they're trying to keep playing football or soccer. Um, in my life, you know, I, I, when I played, I, all I had to do was turn up and play. Obviously, in my early days, I, I was last of the apprentices, but, and I had jobs, but not to the extent of what some of these athletes do. And that I, I really do admire them because we're on these big, long, you know, road trips, and they're studying. They're studying all the way there, yeah. and they're studying all the way back. And For then, sure. and then we're asking them to get off the the bus, and and play two games. Yeah. So you know that takes some doing. Yeah, there's a lot of strength that goes into that, and I mean you, you can attest to it from being at a at a. <laughs> it's gonna go off on you again, but I won't. I won't. No, no, it's okay. Fiftieth okay. episode. I'm gonna walk out the door. I, I know fiftieth episode. <laughs> but I mean, you, you've played. You've gone through university. You've played at a different level on. Yeah, I mean, it's similar experiences that these guys are sharing, but obviously with assisting with Adam now and like Breno saying, those long road trips and not only are they trying to obtain a degree, but they're also working as well, some of our lads. So it's a it's a lot to take on and there's a lot of demands in that short season as, yeah. as staff and as players. So credit goes to the young men and women that are involved in the game then. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave, and you played it at a college level, did you not? Yeah, I played a couple of years at Concordia, but um, at the ACAC, but not to the extent or the level uh, that uh, these gentlemen um, in the room have, have been at. But I know the but the, the time the, frame, though, the thought processes yeah. and having to go to school and then try and play. Yeah, and absolutely, it was definitely a challenge. And and I came into into uh, the college system a little bit later. Um, I went in and, and I'm actually a chef by trade and then came back and was working for a while and actually entered into into uh, college at, you know, mid mid 20s. So it was a little bit different. I was the I was the grandpa of the group uh, with some young 17, 18 year olds that were just coming in. So mm-hmm. it was a bit of a different experience, but um, but it was good. Um, but I was going to ask you guys, unless uh, Sean, you had something to add, but now coming into this uh, this new season with not playing last year, how uh, how are you guys adapting to um, to the new season, the new format, and and it's kind of a it's kind of a kickstart right now, isn't it? Well, from our point of view, I was really surprised, and um, we've we've come back a little bit earlier, and it's like we've never been away. It's like they they they're another level. The energy levels are, are there, and they're all keen, and I think. Th- the break hasn't done them any harm whatsoever. And so for me, it's, it's just business as usual. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. They're, they're buzzing right now, and it's great to see that. Um, 
and they can't, you know, some of them I think needed the time off that, you know, and just maybe had that change in perspective of, you know, it's a privilege sometimes to play this game. You know, it can be taken from you like overnight as we know, and it was for all of us for most part. So now they're coming in with a different, a little bit about them, a little more about them. And moving forward, D, it just, it's just getting them, you know, getting them back as one, getting them united again, getting that brotherhood back um, because we haven't seen each other in 18 months. And uh, even some players coming in, we haven't even met personally yet. So that's going to be the biggest focus for us uh, moving into August. Well, I, I, I'm quite looking forward to the season uh, as well. I, I'm lucky enough to work on the, the well, I say lucky enough, I work on the female side of the McEwen program. And uh, it's been very strange not to really hear anything uh, about what's going on, what's coming up. And I know the head coach for the women's side is, is with the UWS team, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to get going again if we're going to get going again and, um, and, and just get back to some semblance of normality. I just want to touch on the points that were made about, you know, <clears throat> how difficult it is for the players and they have to travel all, all these distances mm-hmm. and then play games, etc. But they love it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> At the end of the day, they, they're players that want that. And the, the players that have that desire to get the next level are willing to sacrifice. And they absolutely do it. And I think it's fantastic that we have coaches like this who inspire those, those players to, to move on to, to higher levels of play. Yeah. So kudos to the coaches, but kudos to the players. Because at the end of the day, it's about players. And players will always find a way to do it. Yeah, of course they will. And hey, you know what? When we come back, we're going to ask these two coaches uh, a little bit about what they look for in players. I know we've had discussions on the podcast uh, ourselves of what we look at and what we look for uh, in players. So we'll get it straight from uh, some some head head coaches of universities of what they look for when they're actually trying to source out a player. You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is sponsored by Mr. Lube, taking care of your car on your schedule, not ours. Mr. Lube. And we're back. Soccer Talk of the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. In for our 50th episode. Dano, did you bring us a cake? I didn't. I thought there was going to be one here from, yeah, I from Debbie. So. I don't know. I love cake. I yeah. thought so, too. Someone brought in some pops, which was very nice. Uh, so we're, we're enjoying, you know, a couple of cans of Coke. And the, the, odds <laughs> bright, the odds brighter, too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just it. That's the beauty of radio. <laughs> they can never see your face. <laughs> no one no, no, can tell exactly what's going on. Hey, listen, before we went away to the break, we wanted to uh, ask the two gentlemen in the room here that are university class coaches what they actually look for in players. So I'm going to shoot it to you, Mr. Breno, and uh, and let us know what your thoughts are. Well, I think I just talked about it earlier. Is that it's a bit back to front at the UFC. We we first of all, you got you've got to be an academic and you've got to be quite bright. And once you get through that hurdle, then the soccer side comes into it. So it's pretty secondary mm-hmm. um, at, at our school. But um, what would I look for? I think I, I've been lucky in a few years that most of the boys. Um, are not only bright, they're very, very coachable and they're very organised, which they need to be, but um, they can all handle a ball. They have decent IQ when it comes to soccer because they've come through through um, 
very, very good programs, whether that's through Alberta Soccer or their, their clubs, Alberta Soccer, and um, and and also the Whitecaps program, and um, so 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 they're at a decent level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that obviously makes it easier now. Being more part-time related uh, programming, at least as, as far as the the coaching staff goes, does it make it more difficult to actually? get out and look at players or because you have a club and you have other people that you work with that that becomes easier uh the only time it becomes difficult is is when i get youtube um videos e- emails with to heavy metal music and stuff like that but <laughs> the grainy youtube videos but, yeah. but, but it's pretty simple um most of the boys i would say 80 to 90 percent are local I am involved um, with my club and I've been involved in, with various clubs in the city. So I do, and and in high performance programs, and I do get to see a lot of the players mm-hmm. and, and know them. So most of them are local. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that's great. Adam, what about yourself? What are, what are you looking for uh, when you head out to a pitch to you know watch one of the older teams play? Kids at the age groups where they might be coming in. Now, and the other thing, too, for both of you is how young do you start looking at players? Yeah, um, you know, it depends really on what we need at the time, of course. Like, you know, first taking over, we needed, a, you know, in my opinion and the staff's opinion, a culture overhaul. Um, so we, we kind of had to break it down, build the foundation properly, and then start to build. So when you're building a, you know, a culture, so to speak, um, you need the right character and the right people to do that. Um, we know our identity at, at the university. Uh, we know our, you know, our philosophy at McEwen, and we're we're in a situation where we're not, you know, the man city of the can the can West. Um, mm-hmm. So we have to be very efficient, um, economical, um, etc. With what we do, and and with that, even with the academic side, we don't offer a ton of program programming you know so if someone wants to be a teacher we don't have education for example if someone wants to do engineering we don't have it so that's probably the biggest thing um they can be as t- <laughs> they could be messy out there but at the end of the day if if we don't have the program for them or the program they're interested in then i'm not the coach to recruit them to a dead end yeah um I, i'd help I'd advise them and help them to go elsewhere um so that's kind of the biggest thing so now building that culture piece now we're able to really bring in the talent because, you know, the star, the stars are kind of up there for them to be guided by. Yeah. And we have a great, uh, you know, upperclassmen group that uh, has been here for a while now through the, the rebuild. Mm. So it, it's been a bit, it's been nice to recruit um, with Dano and, and, and D coming on, just knowing now we can start to look for pieces because um, the overhaul is kind of, kind of completed. Yeah. Um, so with that, we, we obviously ID, you know, grade 10, grade 11. Um, I had the opportunity uh, when Sean was uh, at ASA to be with the Canada, Western Canada Games team. And that's helped tremendously with the 03s and 04s. Oh, for sure. Um, so we were able to pick up and there are a couple of them in their class and right and, and getting having that relationship with them prior always mm-hmm. helps and, and knowing kind of what we're about and what I'm about. Um, has helped tremendously as well, right? So you can plant the seed as you know what they want to do and such. But uh, right now, it's it, it, it comes down to people, yeah. you know, and it's an intangible, and it, it is tough to assess. Um, so you do have to do your digging and your research um, because you know at the standard with with how much that goes into it, it's not a situation that you you want to uh, 
you know, spend 80% of your time on 20% of your headache. Yeah, you for know? sure. So, um, and I think we've done very well with that as a staff. So, oh, well, that's great. And it's like you were saying earlier too, it's that, uh, it's going after that academic person first and hopefully they can play football. I mean, or hopefully they've got some, <coughs> if, if you're going after the football player, you're, you're, you're looking for someone who's got some academic ability as well. So that's why really it's it's in their last year of school that they start to reach out mm. to me a little bit because they are young and they don't know what they want yeah. and where they want to go. And so I, I start to get an influx of emails in, in their last year. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, there's for, for kids that are out there, I mean, all of us have had some whack at uh, being part of the university groups. So you've had a couple of different ones, D, and I know Dano's been with... Uh, He's been with the logo for a little while. Were you were you doing anything before that? Not in post as far as post secondary. No. no. Okay. And Sean, you've you've worked a couple of times, have you not, with uh, some post secondary groups? Yeah, as a player, I did play for University College Dublin. Nice. Did not take any courses there. Though, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, if this was a video, um, you know, is it? <laughs> I was actually online. Uh, <laughs> on loan from the Vancouver Whitecaps to them uh, in the League of Ireland. So, but I didn't go to school. <laughs> no, I was going to say this is called university. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we I'm in Dublin. Yeah, <laughs> just Dublin. <laughs> I have uh, coached University of Fraser Valley men, yeah. and then I helped Troy Flannery out at the University of Calgary women program. So yeah. that's what I've done. It. Yeah, yeah. Post secondary. But I mean, we all we all have the same sort of idea and thoughts as to what we look for, but. At the end of the day, I think that realm is basically for the kids, and it's more about what programs do these schools offer, and then the side benefit is, do they have a soccer team that I can be part of? I'm actually pretty shocked that you never said that you care about if they won the EMSA Champions League at U11. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, listen, you know what? Let's just open this up now. I, I appreciate the, the comments from both of you in regards to uh, – the university background and, and the things you, you know, you, you attempt to look for with, with players and some insight into that that players can can take away. Um, we, let's just open this up. What are your guys' thoughts on the upcoming EPL year? The season that's upon us. Or you could even talk a little. We're just going to open the floor up. It's the 50th anniversary. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk no, about Euros and the fact no, that... I- I'll oh, okay. say this, and then everyone can jump I'll in. Happily talk about euros. Yeah, I don't need to rehash euros anymore. It's giving me like a bit of a twitch. Um, I'm hopeful City doesn't sign the Grealish and perhaps the Kane, and you know, just run away with the league again. So, maybe Did, is the, that on the table? Is that what's yeah? The, the both of them are there? yeah supposed to be linked anyway. So we'll see what happens. Wow, what's going to happen to your uh, Tottenham there? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, they got Caners a, out they got a good kit. <laughs> Third kit. <laughs> they're away. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy. Virgil's going to be back. He's in the is in training Ooh. right now. Um, you know, back from his ACL. Uh, another center back. Is that Virgil from the Thunderbirds? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You'll never walk alone. Oh. <laughs> well, now that I'm Canadian, I want to talk a little bit about the CPL. Nice. Yeah. Off you go, son. Well, it's great to get them back. And I think they're coming out of this bubble scenario and they're all going to go back home and start to have their their games. I have actually, matches, someone yeah. was just yeah. telling me about the schedule today and that uh, FC Edmonton, uh, their first game's July 31st, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, in, uh, sure, in where? Against Valor. 
against Fowler. There you go. I lost my mind there for a second. And I don't know. <laughs> so I welcome that back. And yeah, certainly from as an outsider looking in, um, it's it's we've needed that league for that for the kids. There's so much talent here. Um, it, it does need time to grow. Um, you know, we I know there's getting a little bit of negativity at the moment with regards to um, players wanting to have a voice with regards to you know certain rights that they, they, they're looking for, and I, and I support that 100 percent because you know as a, as an ex player myself and part of a union that's an amazing union in the UK does have its faults, but it, it, it was always there for me with whether it was for pensions or healthcare or various other things. And just to be, just to have a voice. And I think, you know, from what I'm reading at the moment, that's all they want at the moment is to have a voice at the table um, and have better work and environment and just to be recognized a little bit more. And I, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm for them. I, I've, I must be living under a rock. I had no idea that the players were, in the CPL, we're, we're, we're doing that and talking about that. I, again, it, it, it's just news to me. That, have you been reading about it at all? Yeah, or? the Professional Football Association in, uh, for, for Canada, right? It's uh, started up a little bit uh, around the island games, and, and it's kind of taken some traction now. And, um, you know, players have, have been not demonstrating, but they've been showing the, you know, wearing T-shirts and things like that in the, uh, in the opening, you know, ceremonies and things like that. But, yeah, to, to what Breno's saying, they just... You know, when you're only getting paid twenty thousand dollars a a season, you know, if you get a, a serious injury, where what comes out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was involved with the NASL, Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, where it was, you know, a full time professional league. Uh, salaries were were quite high, particularly for the the superstars the making making over a million bucks a year back in the eighties. Beckenbauer and yeah, and Rudy Corral, Alan Ball, you yeah. know. World-class players that came into the league, but even someone like myself, you know, I was just a, a young boy came over from England and managed to get into into the league with the Vancouver Whitecaps. I mean, I was making a decent living back then. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years after the NESL folded and the CSL started, and it was peanuts. Yeah, right. So it went from rags to riches. Uh, sorry, riches to rags, yeah. and hopefully with the new reunion for the CPL, it'll go back to riches. Um, but it's difficult. I mean, it takes takes a lot of money to run soccer programs at that level, and they will get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with Breno. You know, we have to support the players. Uh, that's what this game is about. It's not about it's not about coaches, not about referees, not about owners. It's about players, and the players have to be taken care of. Yeah, you know what? They're the ones that bring the fans into the stadium and and put bums in seats, and that and that's I think that gets lost somewhat. Uh, I mean, you obviously need the bums and seats to translate into being able to run a franchise or run a team of, of any type. Um, so if that's not happening, and and it, they they correlate with each other. Like uh, that's if you don't have a quality squad, you're not going to have bums and seats because no one's going to come and want to watch the bums mm. play. I mean, I, I do understand that it's a new league. It's what everyone wants. It has to be sustainable. We know that. Yeah. But in, in saying that, you know, certainly from my experience in, in the UK, um, a lot of clubs were like a bucket with a hole in it. My old chairman was losing 250 grand a month. And, you know, it was his hometown club. He loved it. 
Um, he, 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 he dreamt about getting in the Premiership. He went from non-league to the fourth division, got into the Premiership, won the FA Cup. And as quick as the money came in, it went out just as quick because, you know, you've got to put that product on the field. Um, you want the best players. They want paying mm-hmm. and they want looking after. And yeah. um, I think sometimes ownership groups do have to st- understand that, you know, it's like having, I don't know, a racehorse. You want to buy a racehorse, you've got to look after it. You've got to pay for its training fees, all these things that go with it. Mm. And you've got to take care of them. And and that's that's having a football club. It, yeah. It's it's a lifestyle thing. It's a love thing. Um, if you're in it to, I don't know, to become very wealthy out of it, I don't know, there's not many that do. Certainly in England, the, you know, the top five, they're all... They're losing money in some way or another. You know, and you know it, so you've you got to get your head around that a little bit. It, it definitely. And I, it's funny. You just think of sports franchises in general, regardless of the sport. Are there many of them that are, like, really making a ton of money? Even in the NFL, they, they only play, what, four games? And, and uh, you know, they make a zillion dollars. Well, you know what I mean. They, they, yeah, like they, Yankees, Cowboys, there's your, your few big yeah. Yeah, Red Sox. I, yeah, think, yeah. I think Mike Ashley at Newcastle United makes a lot of money. Hmm. Does he? <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't spend any money, so he must be. <laughs> but I think the most important thing is, is uh, we're coming away from it a little bit, is the players just want, from what I read, and I, and I would be in the same dressing room as them, is they just want to have a voice. They want to have want to be able to say something. And not having that um, just doesn't make it right. And always remember this, you, you've got to keep your players happy. Yeah. Always. Because then... They go on the field, and you can imagine if they're not getting treated right, well, what, what, what's how they're going to play? What's, what's the incentive? What's their to mindset play for that like? Club. And, you know, and, they, and who wants resentment? Yeah. So they have to get around the table. They have to talk. And believe it or not, I remember in the early days, certainly as a coach, when I was at Wigan, there was all this resentment around agents. No one wanted them. No one wanted them in the room because you know they represented the players. And, and why did? Why do players have agents? Well, they, they don't want to go and they want to have that buffer between, you know, the, the chief exec and them. So why, why wouldn't you have someone come in, go in and, and get what's best for you? Because mm-hmm. it's such a short career. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think this is what the PFA are trying to do. They're trying to say, look, we want a voice. We want to look after our players. We want, um, and, and that's it. Yeah. So I'm, like I said, I'm all for it and I support them 100%. And I hope that, the franchise and the leagues get their heads around it and accept them because, like I said, we didn't accept agents in the early days, but they became part of the game. Mm-hmm. So they're accepted. And unions, they are part of the game. And so they have to be accepted. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. I think the only union that doesn't get accepted that often is the GK union. And, you know, I'm all over that one. But um, And and changing the subject slightly, is is not the Wigan Stadium called the DW Stadium? Yeah, DW. I have my photo in front of that stadium. Yes, because it's my name. Um, anybody else going to throw something out there, man? Euros, Olympics. Anybody watch? Anybody? Yeah, Vesmir Begovic signed two years with uh, Everton. So oh, did, I thought you said with Edmonton, and I was like, what? Where's Connor? Where's Connor going? But yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll get a bit of time, and obviously going to be competing with Pickford. But good for him. I think that's great with goalkeepers and being able to have such a 
he extensive did, career. He, so he's doing he did well. all right in the in the last little bits. There, they, the team he was with was going for uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth, I think yeah. he got Player of the Year as well. Did he with the club? Yeah. Yep, that's awesome. And that was good from his him. return from AC Milan yeah, too. So I've heard really good stories yeah. about him. I've never met he's him or, or talked to him. I sent him a message this week. Yeah, he's down to earth guy. So he's quality. Very cool. Very cool. Are you guys baked? Are you done? You done for this 50th anniversary? Would you like to chat some more? No, not at all. Continue. <laughs> no, you don't want to chat? Continue. I do want to chat. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, jump yeah. in there, man. You, you've got a hand. Just yank that mic away from Breno. Just go at it. <laughs> you don't yank anything away from Breno. <laughs> no, no, that's... <laughs> Because it's over the top after that. It's over the top <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah, I want to give credit to uh, Alan Koch and the FC Edmonton boys. Um, you know, been f- obviously a big fan of, of FC Edmonton since they've been been in, in the city. And, and, you know, I know they're not uh, necessarily getting all the results, but the, the you see the identity coming out in the team. Um, you know, the footballers that they have are, are, are quality. Uh, it looks like they're, you know, moving forward. And, you know, Alan sat in the room uh, in here with, you know, us, yeah. with us some months ago. And it's nice to it's nice to see the product, um, you know, getting another victory yesterday against HFX um, and really using the, the five substitutions and, and to the to, to the benefit. You know, all, all players that came off the bench was just a massive impact and it resembled uh, the the same the same thing that they got when they played Forge. Um, you know, the impact subs came off the bench, and and I think with the with the five subs and and that kind of that that's changing within the game is going is going to to change how games are managed, and and it's 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 awesome to see. So uh, that is awesome. I, I had, the last couple of years I've just been up in the booth. Substitution in the twenty third minute for yeah, FC Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's everyone's thoughts on the the five substitutions? Do you think that will stay, or will they go back to three? What? Know, it's it's funny because I see that being bounced around. I remember a time was it the A League, back in the A League days. One, one, I remember. I I actually remember when I first started out. There was only one sub. Really. Yeah, how do you get away with one? Sub? How, how, you know, <laughs> imagine being a coach trying to trying to you know make a change. Yeah, yeah. Wait till an, an impact change. That's the crazy thing. Yeah, I, that's, <laughs> and team numbers were one to eleven, and the sub was twelve. There was never <laughs> squad wow. numbers of sixty nine. Uh, yeah, anything like yeah, that, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I well, <laughs> I just re- I remember the A League being. Being at uh, at five, two, five substitutions, and then it switched to there was another league that was three. Each league seems to have their own rules of what they want to do, and it and that doesn't make sense to me at all. So, all right, Tottenham, what's going on over there? You Nothing. Get, I'm just having a good time, having a laugh. It's okay. It's because it's our fiftieth. It is. It is, and and there's no cake. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> we we tried to we tried to. There's much much that yeah yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're having a laugh at the numbering system of certain teams. <laughs> you know, we're cruising on an hour here, and um, um, you know what? We'll we'll wrap up this episode of it and let everybody relax. We've got one more day of camp left. By the time you hear this, our strive for excellent camp will be over. Our 50th episode of Sherwood Park's uh, Soccer Talk in the Park 
is coming to a close. I want to thank Brendan O'Connell. <laughs> Thanks for coming down, baby. Love having you. Super guy. Super. Loves the number 69. Um, <laughs> Adam Loga, fantastic having you here this week. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, no worries. As a parting gift, we have a $25 gift certificate to Hair Is Us. <laughs> As always, uh, D, thanks for coming. Dano, in a slice. Go ahead, answer. Yeah. It's awesome to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome to be here. And uh, the king, Sean Lothar. Loga should be called the king without hair, dude. Ah, the king. Happy 50th, D-Dubs. Well done. King of of Europe. Happy happy 50th to all. To all. Um, Again, you've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association, and it's galore. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you've had fun. I know we haven't. Um, And we'll, uh, we'll see you again. See ya. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 